Keeping it real. On cliffcentral.com. Download the Cliff Central app. Available now on the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Welcome. Fashion Lab on <laughs> cliffcentral.com. Welcome to the Fashion Lab show. My name is Lisa Gumba Regis Ford, and on today's show, we are going to be talking about the footwear industry. Now, with a population of over 1 billion people in the continent, we are still a virgin market when it comes to the footwear industry. Um, obviously, besides high, the high population growth, developing economies, a booming consumer demand, we, fa- we actually have the edge and capacity to build a multi-billion dollar industry because of our abundant supply of raw materials, great design skills, and affordable labor. Now here at Fashion Lab, we thrive to engage minds around the business behind fashion through real conversations that we have here in studio. And obviously we care about African fashion currently and how we can move ahead. Uh, sitting with me in studio are two lovely people. <laughs> Again, my favorite people in here. Three. <laughs> but I'm going to introduce uh, my co-host, Morwick Peterson. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank Mor- you so much, Liz. And, and Morwick is looking very different. Do you want to share what you're actually wearing today? I am actually wearing a complete piece by me. It is absolutely different. I have my Puma, Alexander McQueen, um, collaboration sneakers on. It is dopeless. I know you're going to tweet a picture. I have an amazing inspired Indian um, type of a pants. Which he may not be wearing when he leaves. (laughs) I may have stolen them. (laughs) And a lovely peach linen jacket and just a t-shirt. It is so hot and humid outside. So, and Morwick, why the choice of shoes that you're wearing today? Um, the choice of shoes, it just goes with um, how I put the outfit together, I think, Liz. I think it was appropriate because the pants, is it, 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 it balloons out and then it's very skinny. So it was a good thing wearing the high top boots that goes right into the thing. So there's emphasis on the pants and on my sneakers. Is it just the style of shoe or is it also about the brand? It's about the brand <laughs> it's too. It's about McQueen, baby. <laughs> It's just about the McQueens. You know, Nicola introduced me to the McQueens. And we have also got our senior trend um, analyst, Nicola Cooper, in studio today. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. And you look lovely. Do you want to share what you're wearing, Absolutely. including footwear? Um, I'm wearing um, just a statement T-shirt, which says infinite, and a geometric patterned airline skirt with an obi belt, which is, is a Japanese belt, which I usually use because... I'm, I'm quite petite and a lot of clothing doesn't fit me. And this is my go-to belt if I need to cinch in at the waist. And then I am wearing a pair of heels um, purchased at a local retailer, which were so on trend. Last, and I purchased them last year and they're only sort of coming into trend now. So um, they're more sort of an African tribal element. So... Yeah, I'm rocking Particular heels the skirt, today. Is it a local designer? Because, I mean, that fabric looks absolutely phenomenal. This is um, Zara. Wow. Sorry. On, <laughs> uh, on sale. <laughs> but shoes is local, so she's still uh, yeah, ca- kind of found a balance. And she's still rocking her colors. She Too is good. still rocking her colors. If you don't know by now what's her colors... <laughs> then, then, then we'll send you. We'll, we'll, t- we'll, we'll tweet it again. We will tweet it, but everyone should know. Yeah, so it's black and white and, white. and red lipstick. Yes. <laughs> well, you guys look fabulous today. Thank I am you so wearing. Much. You too, um, Liz. Yes, I'm wearing a like three year old um, stretch dress from one of my collections uh, with a little peep back. 
And I'm also wearing a beautiful pair of a two-tone high heels with heels almost the size of a needle. <laughs> I'm wearing Kurt Jaeger, who's a British uh, footwear retailer. But anyway, more importantly, here are my three top facts about why it is time to dive into the fashion the footwear industry in Africa, either as an investor, designer, or even just a buyer. Absolutely. Yeah. So now one, my one fact, when my top fact is Africa's footwear industry may seem unrecorded, but it's actually bigger than we know. And I can't wait to also get some more facts later from Nicola's trend report. Yeah. But according to smallstarter.com, African countries like Ethiopia, Ghana, Kenya, Nigeria, just to mention a few, are actually leading the footwear revolution in the continent. Ethiopia, for example, is already home to over 30 tanneries. I didn't even know that. And um, obviously focusing on footwear and leather goods. Um, in 2013 alone, Ethiopia earned over 30 million from shoe exports which actually ranks it ninth in the global leather goods industry. Can you imagine that was three years ago? Mm. Wow. And um, this is only the beginning. I mean, as more countries join in, the value of Africa's footwear industry could grow up to a billion and moving forward. Now, on a South African note, according to uh, Force Investments, SAFLEC, which is a body officially appointed uh, by the SA government to promote facilitate and export South Africa's footwear represents approximately 138 countries across wow. the country. So I'm again shocked because some of these numbers seem unreal. I didn't think the footwear industry was this big. Now, with an annual production of around 50 million pairs of footwear, can you imagine 50 million pairs of footwear a year? Mm. Yeah. Well, major export markets include Africa, U.S., U.K., Australia. The good news is also that Africa is actually still the major destination region for more than 70% of SA's total exports when it comes to footwear. Wow. So I think that's just shocker because, like I said, I know that we are big on footwear, but I didn't know to what scale. Yeah. And yeah, I think what's also quite shocking about that, Liz, is that knowing the local industry and um the sort of courses and training available, there are very few to none around footwear design. And I think, wow. Liz, I'm, I love that how this topic comes because the Minister of Trade and Industry is still waiting for his invitation from us. So somehow <laughs> we need to have this somewhere. again. We need to have and it again. Because he, he has so much to say about this particular subject matter that we have. And I hope he's tuning in because I'm going to my second um, top fact, which is just also shocking. Africa obviously has the manufacturing facilities to handle demand. And a lot of people say, what's the point of getting into the industry if we are not going to be able to... To fulfill the demand mm -hmm. and like the production drama I'm dealing with and I'm sure a million designers are dealing with in the continent yeah. could yes. also be a bit discouraging now I came across this shoe manufacturer and marketer who's been providing South African consumers with quality footwear for over a hundred years that was before me you your our grandmas our grandmas grandmas <laughs> were born <laughs> it's called Edels it's uh -huh. a shoe manufacturer here in SA and they produce 3,000 pairs of shoes per day Wow and we're, they're also looking, obviously, to double this in two years. And they believe they can go back to producing 35,000 pairs per day like they used to in 1994. Wow, that's incredible. 
And it is such an open market here um, for footwear. Um, you know, we're seeing local designers who started off in other accessory uh, realms, um, such as Maria McCloy, who we had on last year, going more and more into footwear, including menswear and, and men's footwear. So, I, I mean, even um, Sergeant Pepper launched their own sneakers. Yeah. We're starting to see a lot of development around footwear, and hopefully we'll see some emerging footwear designers and coming I, out of this. I think, too, we have some of the biggest factories in Durban that actually locally produces, I mean, which is very rare you know, to have the footwear industry that actually produces. And the tanneries. We have mm. export quality tannery and leather. So it, it doesn't make sense that we are not manufacturing more footwear. Absolutely. Mm. Absolutely. Wow. Let's go to my third fact, which is my last fact, to, uh, third, top three uh, of my uh, top three facts is the global market is very enthusiastic about our African narrative. Yes. And what happens is it also, to me, I think is just proof that we need to keep moving also from the continent. We've seen so many um, inspired uh, brands and inspired designers out there who may not necessarily be from the continent, but because of their love for the continent, they've actually come up with amazing collections and amazing um, pieces just inspired by the continent, but their soul is not even... Here, So there's room for all of us here to actually tell our story. It's more authentic when it comes from your soul. Uh, I've got an example, Piccolino's, who came up with his Maasai collection, which was launched in Madrid. Now, it's, wow. a, uni yeah, it's a unique pro project they produced there. They took the shoes to Kenya to the Maasai women, got the Maasai women to apply their little magic with embroidery, the beads, and the, all of that and the whole shebang. And the, what they're doing and what we have to admire as well and appreciate them for is they've actually helped improve the quality of life of the whole community out there. They also obviously pay fair wages and it contributes to the community in a big way. So obviously another thing I, I found out about Piccolino's is he came up with a joint venture with other organizations and built a school as well. Wow. Where they're actually educating about 400 students as we speak, in the African savanna. That's incredible. That's incredible. Then you've got like another example of Brother Veliz, who's Canadian, with her shoe collection Veliz. And Veliz is obviously inspired by Africa. Actually, when I saw her desert boots, it kind of reminded me of what we used to call in Kenya safari boots, or what people who've worn Clarks before, you, yes, know, yes. you know about the Clarks. So her shoe repertoire includes sandals inspired by those worn by Maasai's. It also includes slides modeled after the Moroccan slippers, Le Babouche. So she, she's not African either, but what stops us as Africans to actually just take this thing and run so far away with it that we could be smiling right now. There's so much... But it. Could, it, could it be, Liz, that production, when it comes to shoes, I, I don't recall do you you have some sort of a sandal that you produced. I'm not 100% sure. We did sure. sandals, but there's a new, I've got a different collection that we are working on. But as is well cost now. production, because I'm not that into footwear, is cost production very expensive to have a proper pair of, you know, um, shoes made as an independent designer and to mass produce but um, shoes. Yeah, but just remember before Nicola comes in, remember more when I was even talking about the fact that we have abundance of raw materials, we've got skills and we've got labor that's also quite... The reason people come from the other side to bring work here is yeah. because we we take less. 
We yes, accept less. Absolutely. And I think labor costs are obviously cheaper when you you translating the atrocious sort of rand dollar, rand euro, rand pound exchange. And and we do undervalue our skills quite greatly um in the country. And I think what it is is Local designers starting to acknowledge the quality and what that quality is worth within the African continent and using our own country to produce for export. Wow. You know what? I think in a nutshell, Africa's footwear market is still single and ready to mingle. That's what Absolutely. I see. Absolutely. And there's a wide gap between the demand and supply of suitable footwear to satisfy the market. So Africa, oh yeah, let's go. Let's just keep going. Keep your tweets coming. Share with us your favorite African footwear brands at Fashion Lab AF. We also have our contributors who will be joining us on the show shortly. Um, we've got Mile High Fashion with Lynn Jasmine, and we've got Echoes from New York with Edgy Benson. Also, just a quick reminder, uh, again, our favorite segment, or my favorite segment, is still <laughs> running uh, as usual. So if you care about who you want to dress and why and you want to share it, let's share it and let's link up at the end of the show and we share ours as well. Um, I want to go straight into introducing a very special guest who's joining us today. Um, she's a former Ford model. Um, her name is Sharon Okubo Camperbatch. She's of Kenyan and Trinidadian origin and she's the face behind Kyo Viatu. Kyo Viatu, we'll obviously get her to talk about the brand, but Kyo Viatu in Swahili means glass shoes. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, Cinderella. <laughs> so she's definitely uh, been pushing this brand uh, for a few years. Kyovieto is a high-end, luxurious woman's shoe company. And uh, she's also founder of the 2050 Soul Movement, which she'll also be sharing with us a bit about. So Sharon, besides her footwear um, uh, involvement, she's definitely a dear sister to me. She's stood in that scorching heat by my side during my wedding <laughs> as one of my <laughs> best mates. She's also um, took me, I think, 17 years ago, ago to one of my first castings in New York as a model. Yeah. Literally dragged me in the car from D.C. and said, we are going to New York because you belong to the runway. So she's. Uh, we've had a very good relationship and we would love to welcome the one and only <laughs> Rolls <laughs> Sharon Okubo Cumberbatch. Welcome to the show, Sharon. Welcome, Sharon. Thank you. Good good morning. Good afternoon. It's morning here for me. How are you guys doing? We, we're doing very good. Thank you so much for asking. Just a little bit hot in South Africa in Johannesburg and a bit humid, but we, we, we cool. We're not complaining, Sharon. We're not complaining. Oh, that's good. That's good. So Sharon, welcome to the show. Could you just, um, share with us a bit about the story behind your shoe brand, Kyovyatu, and the market response? Sure. Well, a little bit about the brand. Kyovyatu is handcrafted and manufactured in Italy. We are sustainable, eco-friendly, and Meaning we, we use less chemicals and recycled materials such as shattered mirrors, recycled clothing pieces to complete the shoe. The shoe has been around for about five years, so we're fairly still new in the industry. Uh, the shoe is designed for women that are in control, that are bold, they are daring and seductive. Um, this, the idea of the shoe was just to use recycled materials and not not to be so abusive to the to the world to society you know we we're we're developing a green philosophy and so, i actually came, came go ahead yeah sorry i was just gonna ask when you say the shattered glasses were you like breaking glasses in people's houses or yeah. did you have like <laughs> <laughs> no actually saying. in in italy they 
they take the glasses, of course, because they're they're equipped for this, and they shatter them. Then they file them down so it's not they're not so sharp where they can hurt the client. And they file them down, and then they're they're specifically glued onto the shoe so that it doesn't fall off when you're wearing wearing the shoe. Oh wow! It's a very detailed, complex <laughs> shoe that takes <laughs> it could take uh, six six hours to a week just to work on one pair. So it's also very expensive to make the shoe. Wow. Uh, on top of the shoe, we use Swarovski crystals, and that's all handcrafted. Wow. So it's very detailed and time-consuming. I, I, so I was going to say, I remember waiting for a shoe. I'm still waiting. on. Are they still, do you know if they're still producing my, <laughs> mine? <laughs> well, we're, we're, because it's so expensive and so detail-oriented, uh, the big factories are not looking to produce this shoe, so we are, we shifted to a smaller factory, family-owned, but it's still very time-consuming for the workers. So yeah. what we're doing is coming up with a new line, and that's not so time-consuming for everybody and less expensive. It costs about $300 to manufacture just a pair of shoes. So we really have to cut back so and find a better way to it, market them. By the time you add all your costs, I mean, like... I was going to say who's buying, but obviously you've been, <laughs> you've been selling the shoes. So. <laughs> yeah, I was going to Well, the, uh, our biggest, our biggest bar, uh, target market has been in Dubai. We sold in Dubai, the cartel, C- cartel Dubai, it's a uh, concept, concept boutique. So they've been our biggest clients uh, for the shoes. Um, Sharon, it's Moe Kim. Um, I mean, wow, I'm, I'm still so, <laughs> I'm st- it, it, it's really still beyond me how innovative, um, this is because, I mean, when I went through and, you know, I've, I've done a little bit of research, I said to myself, how phenomenal, like, you know, to have like a glass shoe. But in terms of, of, of manufacturing, and, and, I'm, I'm, you have touched it and, and by mentioning how expensive it is. But in general, do you find the reason and we were, as we were just um, discussing in the opening do you find that we don't have a lot of african footwear designers because of of, of, of costing and um maybe having to manufacture in china or you know and um, do, you, do you think it, it, it has a lot to do with costing that is my that is my question it does have a lot to do with costing uh, i think in africa in in africa or in, in in any other country, if you don't have deep pockets, it's, it's going to be impossible to, ma- to mass produce such shoes or just shoes in general. Um, so, but you have choices. You can focus on smaller factories. You can, you know, go to your locals that they can make these things for you. And that's one thing I'm looking to do is instead of having Italy make everything on the shoe is to take it to Kenya and have the locals work on the smaller parts of the shoe, you know. So there are ways to cut your costs and still accomplish your goal. Sharon, I just want to ask, where did this whole initiative, I mean, I love the fact that so many models, you know, um, you high-profiled models end up becoming these amazing fashion designers. But, I mean, in terms of the want and need, how did this come about? I'm still so shocked. How did this come about as an African-born and bred female to say, you know what, I'm going to take this risk and I'm going to design and create glass shoes? Well, you know, the truth is, after modeling and, you know, I I thought, well, I'm not going to work for someone, even though I went to school and and I you know, I attained my degrees. Yeah. It, it was not until I went to Liz's wedding, I could not find any shoes to save my soul. So what I did is I said, well, let me create a prototype and see if uh-huh. that works. And there it was, you know, the birthing of Kyo Viatu. I made a glass shoe, 
got it through um, the airport security somehow. You know, they questioned it. But yeah. I said, you know, yeah. it's, it's just a shoe. And we, when I got to Mombasa, you know, all the girls loved it. And I said, hey, here we go. This is the birthing of, of my new shoe, my new brand. Sharon, you... So I have a... I'd like to say thanks to Liz for that. Sharon, when I look, I hope I get some shares or some. some, I want in. (laughs) Um, Your form of shoe and the shoe design is what we call in in the fashion world bricolage. It's a combination of different kinds of textures and, and and detailing. So that must mean that they are very very limited in addition, right? So what is your kind of minimum and your maximum in terms of production? Well, minimum, I don't sell whole, um, ma- we, we obviously don't mass produce. So the boutiques will ask for a minimum of 10 okay. or a maximum of 30 to 50. Uh, so it's very, it's very limited and it's only for a specific market. Obviously in Dubai, they love the bling bling yeah. and that's where it sells the most. Absolutely. But and yeah, it's a very limited. And do you include the, the kind of narrative around, uh, around the shoe of like, where where this glass comes from and the story behind it because it's a very interesting story. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, we uh, when I sent out the proposals and the the lookbooks, it's all packaged with the story behind it from the time you know I was looking for the shoes to go to Mombasa to just every every little detail, our journeys in Italy to find the small smallest family oriented factories. It's all packaged in the lookbook for the retailer to look at. Yeah, because these are some serious heels. Sharon, I'm just very curious. My last question is, if if you can share, what do they retail for? I mean, when you speak about Swarovskis, I'm like, my pockets. (laughs) No wonder it's in Dubai. So the Kia Beatu Classic, which is just the silver shoe with the pearls on it and the shattered mirrors, that goes for about 2400 and then our least expensive shoe is about 600 which is the blue it's it's a blue shoe with just um crystals and no it doesn't have any pearls but it does have the shattered mirrors and as well and spikes as dollars. well yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, thank, uh, thank you I'm, I'm glad i'm a male <laughs> we're not we're not speaking right guys we're speaking dollars we're speaking dollars but yes but what's so cool obviously for our listeners as well is we've actually tweeted some of those pictures so you can actually see the shoes shoes and everything now sharon another question for you is why did you choose italy and not uh Timbuktu yeah. or somewhere else for the manufacturing well, you know, when you say made in Italy is such a plus for a product, it means care, it means attention, it means quality and fantasy. So this is why we chose Italy. When you put your foot, when you wear these cute Beati shoes, it's not like wearing a regular high heel. You're going to feel cushioning all around your foot. It's just very comfortable. You can walk two, three hours and you're not in so much pain. So, so this is why what, I chose so Italy. So what you're it's, saying th- is they're known for quality. So what you're saying is if it was made in Africa, you'd have like, you'd be in Cornville with the corns. <laughs> <laughs> is that, is that what what you well, imply? Uh, I don't think. Well, I'm think. I think I, I would have to really emphasize to them how the shoe should be. You know, yeah. I think Italy has this down pack. They're known for quality. They've yes. been doing this for years. This is nothing new to them. Where else? Uh, the African continent. We're still. We're new to to this. We can produce. We can have mass production, but I don't think the quality is absolutely up to par. Huh? Just yet, we're getting there. But not, <laughs> when I, when it comes to the shoe industry, but then but then you have your upcoming designers like yeah. our James and Swahili's that are that have grasped they've grasped the concept and they're moving forward with qual- quality shoes. And I think Sharon, because um, your clientele is so um, specific, 
You know, I mean, I mean, it really takes um, someone of of if 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 I may of class and of taste, you know, and someone that has in, enjoys the finer things in life. But do you think in 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 the near future, in five years' time, in ten years' time, that you're really looking at expanding it and introducing it um, to the Pan African um, market? Oh, definitely, definitely. Actually, I'm working on a collaboration right now with Liz, and we're looking to have some of the shoes manufactured and done in Africa as well oh, as wow. in Italy together because this is, you know, where we want to bridge these two, you know, Africa and Italy together. Africa is known for their vibrant handmade crafts, their designs, their textiles. It's yeah. just rich in culture. And then bring Italy together and you have, we can merge these two golf and, you know, between golf Na- uh, rural native crafts and sophisticated high fashion merge them together and you have a wonderful product what I also just love about that Sharon is um, the mere fact that you're looking at bringing um, you know contributing positively to the development and job creation which is something that is much needed in our industry and just for the mere fact that you said you know looking at the Maasai ladies in Kenya you know to sit down and, and, and create jobs. I mean, it is people like yourselves who we really take our head off and we say thank you, you know, from sitting from abroad and, and thinking of infrastructures that way that we can create, you know, growth and development and for us to continue and, and grow within the African global fashion industry. Thank you so much. Um, Sharon, just, I mean, just to add on to what Sharon's saying yeah. is I also find, um, personally as a shoe lover, is there's just shoes that I can't find, and I'm not even being funny. I'm 100% African, supporting the African um, industry, whether it's footwear or whatever type of fashion. But at the end of the day, I really feel like this collection or collaboration we've set up and that's coming to life and will be launching very soon is really going to also move us ahead. I've got like a lot of, um, I've got a top 10 of my African, favorite African footwear designers, which we'll talk about later. But at the end of the day, one of the things I noticed with their, with their brands is no one's really taken a risk to bring in, there's just something missing in the market. Mm-hmm. There's a certain type of yeah. heel. There's a certain type of, there's something that I'm looking for that if I could find in Africa, I'm no longer going to the high street in London. I'm, I promise I'm not even going anymore. I'm just going to jump in on that as well. I find that our footwear is targeted very strongly towards an older or mature audience and not to the youth market. And, um, you know, I think that is, is quite a, a, a very open gap to tap into mm. because, you know, young missing. women mm. that need something cool and edgy, mm. I mean, there's, there's tiny things there. Mm. <laughs> Sharon, it's been great. Yeah, it's been great talking to you. Um, one last question before we uh, leave um, is, does your foot, have you seen that your footwear manufacture, where you manufacture your footwear actually affects your distribution and sales or is it just it doesn't matter does it play a role in that it it depends who your target market is it it does matter and it doesn't so if you're yeah. targeting your a-listers your rihanna's your lady gaga's then yes they want a shoe that's made in italy or in spain they don't want something that's manufactured in china so it really de- depends who your target market is hmm. wow how can our listeners connect with you well, you can always get us on Twitter at Kioviatu or info at com, 
or you can always find us on Facebook. Wow, All Sharon, right. thank you. So anything for the guys just before you go in the future? <laughs> because no, not yet. Yeah, yeah, we're working on that. <laughs> Sharon, thank you so, so much. I think much. we'll leave that tomorrow. Let, he, let him run with that one and, and invite us to the launch. Of his. Exactly. exactly. Thank you so thank much. You. It's been lovely having you on the show. Have a lovely day and uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you, Sharon. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. We'll be right back yep. after the break. That was uh, Sharon Okuba Cumberbatch with uh, Kio Viatu. Keeping it real. On cliffcentral.com. I patiently waited for you for nine months. I would sit in my chair and talk about how I longed to meet you. I knew you'd be the most beautiful baby in the world. I was ready for you, but I wasn't ready for this. If you have a child in need of reconstructive surgery, Smile Foundation can help you. Visit www.smilefoundation.co.za. Or call us on 0861-276-453. Download the Cliff Central app. Available now on the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com. This is the Fashion Lab, and today we are talking footwear, especially in the African um, space. Um, we've been speaking to Sharon Okubo Kambabach with her brand uh, Kioviatu, and we are now going straight to the trend report with Nicola Cooper to get some more scoop on what's really going on here. Okay. Welcome, Nicola. Thank you very much. Um, so this is the the weekly trend report, and as you know, you can always um, contact me on Twitter or Instagram at Nicola Coop. If you've got any questions, just hashtag Ask Nicola Cooper, and um, we'll try and answer them as best as we can. So I'm going to go into a little bit of a fashion-forward discussion because I know we're going into autumn-winter in South Africa, but um, as you know, I'm a trend analyst and I live in the future. <laughs> so we're going to start speaking about uh, spring-summer 2016 and specifically around young women's footwear. Um, as I mentioned earlier in the interview with Sharon, I feel that there is a very little focus on young women and the particular styles that young women adopt within South Africa. Um, and we know young women in South Africa are very fashion-forward. So the focus this this year around uh, young women's footwear shifts to straps and hardware. Um, it really is kind of ambiguous pieces such as platforms, sandals and sneakers with newness. Comfort and ease are secondary influence influences as manifested in easy slip-on silhouettes and uppers. So what this kind of does is show us that it's gone from wedges and heels into a very, very comfort zone. Um, for the past two years, we've saw, we've seen Birkenstock eek back into the market as a slider and we're seeing the continuation of that becoming a more fashionable item. So sneakers that communicate everyday ease, sides uh, stepping authentic laced uppers for streamlined uh, slip-on finishes. And then we're, what we're looking at is the ballet flats and platforms which feature intricate lace-up ties and strap details for a new take on form and function. And I actually just posted a pair of ballet um, flats uh, from Miu Miu on my Nicola Cooper Trains Facebook. And they are the 
perfect combination of femininity and a little bit of punk. And um, that's where these kind of hardware elements uh, sneak in. So the addition of heavy hardware moves the sandal into tough, goth reminiscent for spring summer 2016 and echoing a subversive romanticism so it's a kind of contradictory between um even when you look at Sharon's um designs it's a kind of tough um add-on metal glass element with a purely purely feminine silhouette so some of the key pieces or key footwear pieces for buyers out there or for trained um, forwards is the slip-on. It really is a hybridized slip-on. It usually uh, denotes a relaxed finish, uh, a loafer, sneaker, slides or plimsolls. And then we're looking at a short stacked heel which elevates the item for a more formal feel. So even the slip-on is moving into a more formal feel. Um, the laceless uh, sneaker which we see in quite a substantial amount on. Uh, last week I was wearing the new Rihanna's which are laceless mm. sneakers. So this is going to be a very, very large trend, um, specifically around the Sneaker Freak um, trend in South Africa. So it's ongoing comfort footwear that's driving this particular trend, but uh, it's a sporty vibe, which is reminiscent of um, sports likes and athleticism um, and moving it more into a little bit of a glamorous stage. Um, when you are purchasing these, opt for bold tonal colorways or expressive hardware for a statement look. Um, one of my favorites is the goth sandal, and that's only because I'm me, and um, <laughs> and this really um, aligns to my personal uh, tastes. And they're very edgy goth platforms and sandals with heavyweight hardware toughening up perennial shapes. So oversized chains, repeat pearl embellishments on the sole, and tough metal plates for exaggerated um, effect. And what I'm going to do is incorporate a little bit of the images of these particular shoes um, on Fashion Lab as well as my personal site so you can have a look at what we're talking about. And then going back to the Miu Miu strapped ballerina, which again is the encompassing of feminine uh, with a balletic feel, but then a self-tie wraparound ankle strap. Um, or lace-up fronts. So crisscross elastics add a more athletic element while um, metal hardware closures um, lend feminine flaps that kind of um, that subversive kind of toughness that that girls are, are choosing to go with these days. Um, and then, of course, I'm just going to revert back to the platform. The platform is really taking over from the wedge and it's nice for people such as myself I refer to myself as short, but being, you know, 5.65, I'm not as short as, as an average <laughs> South African, but what I do is I, I, I like height. So I tend to wear heels or wedges and the platform is just a, a lovely way of doing it on a more casual basis or in a different manner. So it's a new way to add height to your look without uh, engaging with a wedge or a heel. I just have a question. So that platform really is really the thing. Platform I is the I thing. I feel like I'll fall over. I can't even, I don't know how people walk in those. But I, I, I think it's oh, just, wow. it's, you know what? I think for flat footed people, 
there's just a challenge. I my feet always need to be at this angle. So walking like this is going to be that. Have walk. you ever worn a pair like? No, but I'm just imagining that. I'm imagining I'm barefoot with like another four inch of of barefootness that's well, elevating me the, up, and this then this is the key element. Wobbling like a duck. The key <laughs> element is that the ankle strap associated with the platform allows a little bit more comfortability and wearability. So you don't lose your shoe and hit someone in the head with it. Nicola, just before um, you and mom said something very curious because she's very in love with you now, is that she finds she's in the medical industry and she says, what is it? There's so many young doctors now who just don't care. And being a doctor is... Having, you know, she says, is there something, because she's, she heard me speaking about footwear, is there something that can be done that is still appropriate and comfortable for medical staff? I think they need to just wear heels. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just send them some heels. Sorry. Nicole. Well, I, I mean, I'm going to say to mom, hi, mom, love you. Um, I think sneakers are the way to go. Mm-hmm. Um Please, you know, I can also refer to my croc theory, which is, is a trend theory. We, we can't deny that, that crocs are a trend in those kinds of industries because of comfort. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to be a stylish doctor, um, you should look more towards sneakers and just. Oh my gosh, sneakers and like those dresses. Already their dresses are horrendous. But they don't I mean, wear dresses, they wear Liz, scrubs. Gonna, well, those things that just look like square dresses, <laughs> square coats. Scrubs, whatever you want to call them. So just to it's finish horrendous. off, I'm going to give you a list of sneakers. If you are a sneaker freak or you are really um, engaging with the, the sneaker trend, there are some sneakers you should be looking out for. One is your futuristic high top as a silhouette. So high-end designers and celebrities are tapping into this high top trend, putting their names into leading styles such as Kanye West's Yeezy boot. Um, the silhouette features a Calf high top line and loose exaggerated uppers with relaxed laced fastenings. Um, Mo, are you wearing some high tops today? Yeah. yeah. Um, then if you want a sort of a more of a younger feel, your basic plimsolls. Um, these are, uh, they remain quite a key item on the streets, uh, following on from spring with canvas uppers, which can be anything from polka dots to florals. Um, and it's a low key look. It's a very informal look and, um, it is something that is, is quite uh, economical, so it's a trend that anyone can adopt. Then the modern runner, as we know, um, working out has become quite a substantial lifestyle trend. Um, so sneakers have been an unstoppable force on the street, um, not only as a as f- a function for running, but also as a statement um, in terms of fashion. Then we have our basketball high tops. And then we have platform sneakers. So then again, you're seeing that platform in, in women's wear coming into platform sneakers or what we call elevated sneakers um, that are coming into trend. And these vary in height from from quite um, quite low heights to quite high heights and quite. Interestingly enough, I, I went to the Adidas um, concept store the other day and, and found out from Johan, who, who is the manager of the store, that most of the, the platform sneakers are sold to men. Um, wow. So it gives them that sort oh of height. No wonder the, the short men are starting to look tall. <laughs> look tall, ah. yes. And just rushing through. Soul detail, soul focus, new details, um, black and white. 
uh, uh, fluorescent flashes, metallic. MJ, you were wearing a pair last night at the spree launch. Red as a signature color and white as a signature Liz. color. Sorry, Nicola. I'm so sorry. So that, uh, in, in a very, very fast nutshell, is the kind of um, sort of footwear you should be looking at. I will be put, placing some up on um, the internet and um, you can gauge them on Fashion Lab and um, Nicola Cooper. Thank you for that trend report. I just wow. wanted to say, Liz, I've never seen you in a pair I of sneakers. I hate sneakers. I'm sorry. Never. And I had to say it. And I was, yeah, yeah, I said it. I said it. I'll say it again. Yeah. I really do not like sneakers. It, you'll never find me in sneakers. So, like, you guys, you guys enjoy the sneaking, uh, sneaky The sneaky life. face. Yes, but I'll, I'll pass on that. I'm, I'm a heel girl. I just need my heels on. Uh, and I was also going to just let our audience know, our listeners know that, you know, if there's anything that Nicola mentioned that you don't understand, like plimsolls and all the other things, just Google them because there's a lot of... <laughs> you, or hashtag, you lost, just hashtag and you communicate with me. Yes, just <laughs> ask me, um, hashtag ask Nicola Cooper and I will happily answer any questions that you have. Wow, guys, our lines are open. Um, you definitely can call in on 0861 You can also just share with us on Twitter what your thoughts are or you know, come and bring uh, your little questions around uh, the African footwear industry. Um, we're holding it down here and we're going to be just rolling over to uh, Adiambo Mulalowas, who's the founder of Galago Footwear Brand. And uh, we spoke to her and here's what she had to say about footwear. Hello, my name's Adiambo and I'm the founder of the brand Galago. We make African-inspired footwear from wax print pumps to rubber slip-ons. We've got you covered. But our core product are instantly customizable and interchangeable sandals. And it cannot be easier. Simply update your look from beach time glam to urban casual with one sole. My advice on footwear, wear shoes that suits your individual style, make sure it's comfortable and make it last. Wow, guys, thank you. That was uh, Adiambo. Oh, She's, and she has beautiful yes. Have you shoes. seen the Galago oh, brand? It's absolute. I couldn't believe when you said to me, it's hers. I'm like, no ways. This looks like you got them in London somewhere. And you know what I love about it? And Mo, I don't know if you followed it. Um, they are now do, she's now doing something where you design your own. So even though she's a designer, she gives you an opportunity to see wow. what color string you want to tie it up, how you want to tie it, and all of that stuff. So you can go to galago.coza um, and actually find out what Adiambo is doing. She's got a beautiful um, footwear brand, and she's definitely uh, doing her thing. She's one of the people to look out for in the continent. Um, we're going to be rolling over to Echoes from New York, but Nicola, you know, your trend report is shocking that, you know, we have, seriously, what, what do you call the platform with the thing again? Sorry? Uh, the platform. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have to say that. Are sometimes. those popular for women then? They are, you know, they, sometimes, you know, in fashion critics, it's referred to as the return of the ugly shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, really it is because it is something that is not necessarily adopted by everybody. As you yeah. know, trends aren't, but it does offer you an alternative look than just going to your standard wedge or heel. And like I said before, this is a young woman trend report. Yeah. So, you know, I do sometimes 
give talks to younger women and say they need to look after their feet. Yeah, absolutely. And not necessarily shove them into a pair of heels when they're 16 years old, but they might want to have the height. So if, if you're a mom or, or someone that's purchasing your daughter a pair of shoes that might just give her the extra height, then, then a plat, a platform is, is a nicer option and wow. a, a more younger option. Let's roll over to Echoes from New York with Edgy Benson. Edgy, welcome to the show. Hi, Edgy. Hi, guys. Hi, Good afternoon. <laughs> I was going to say welcome to the platform, but then... <laughs> we just have all the New Yorkers. We just have all the New Yorkers today. <laughs> welcome to the platform. <laughs> Edgy, we want to know before you jump in straight uh, on as what what you're wearing and what footwear are you wearing today? Now that we are talking Today, about- you have to know, you guys... This is six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> no shoes. So, I'm okay, what will you look forward to wearing at nine? <laughs> I um, but yesterday I I went to a gallery show and I had my Bali's. I love Bali shoes. Ooh. If I can, when I can find the ones that I like, but they make amazing shoes for men, and that was what I wore. I wore my Bali boots yesterday. Hmm. Uh, I, I will not push on to what you're wearing because maybe you're in pajamas. But let's go straight. <laughs> let's go straight into the point. You take us straight into your echoes from New York for the week. Well, today I think the, the, the conversation about shoes was so interesting. Um, for me, I I, I I like to think that I'm a shoe connoisseur. I love shoes, both men and women. And this season at the shows, there was a detail that I loved for the women's shoes. Uh, they had this asymmetrical toe, which um, oh. Christian Louboutin showed. Um, and I loved it. And a lot of the other players showed it too. And then for men, you know, in New York right now, for men, there's a lot of, I think it's almost global. It's, there are a lot of browns in, in every shoe, yeah. you know, loafers, um, boots, um, Oxfords. Wingtips that just the brown is everything you see on the street. The guys are just loving it and eating it up, you know. Um, but essentially today, I just feel like the conversation was great. But I feel like in listening to the shoe conversation, I see there's a way that we can apply Africa better in design. I think that the shoe industry is actually showing us how this is done, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in, in the way that. You know, in the way that it, it, it trusts African African manufacturing, you know, yeah. uh, the, Ethiopia is a huge uh, shoe manufacturing hub, mm. you know, and and, and you know oh. the, the, a lot of the world is producing there. So I think the shoe industry is actually showing that Africa has strength in in, in this space, you know, and also how the shoe industry is helping to develop and build capacity, like what. Uh, uh, you know, Piccolini is doing, in, in, like I was listening to, to, to Liz say what they, what they are doing in, in Africa with, with the Maasai tribe, you know? So I think it's so cool to see that this is, I don't think that design in Africa is a bleep. I think we're, we're just so high energy, but the shoe industry is actually quite functional in, in, in the sense that it's, it's transcendent. I mean, it's like it's, it's selling Africa across the across the, the globe. So, so what you're saying, Edgy, in a nutshell, is that you feel that the one thing. So, even though we are, have abundance of raw materials, we've got skills, we've got the capacity to produce, but you feel like we just need to fine tune 
our um, skills when it comes to the detail around I the... I think just to pick up with, with that, um, uh, Edgy, is that we, we lack designers. Yeah. We lack shoe designers yeah. who understand form and function and what it is to make a comfortable shoe, but mm. at the t- same time to make a beautifully aesthetic item. Um, and there is... You know, really no training in that. Um, and I find it very, very surprising. And I, I do know after lecturing for many years that, um, individuals sometimes want to go into that field, yet, um, there, there is no opportunity in it. But Edgy, like, yeah, Edgy, yes. I, I agree to... totally. I agree. But I do think though, like for the little, for the few skills that we have, uh, if, if there are, if there, if there, if there's a way to direct them to local manufacturing, it's quite empowering to see that there's a local factory that can help them fine tune their ideas. And once you start to see your ideas in three dimension, it takes a totally different, mm. uh, it like, it just empowers you so much because you can now see this idea, you know. So I, I think that's one way that we can improve uh, shoe design and, to catch up with shoe manufacturing. Right now, shoe manufacturing is up there and shoe design in Africa, it's, it's way down here. Edgy, I, I, I just want to ask you because I know you work a lot with, you know, manufacturing, manufacturing and big factories, um, around the globe. And especially I want to take it to China. Um, and for us, that comes from, um, the African um, continent. You know, is it, is it an expensive process, you know, for, for us in terms of, you know, starting with a sample range and then going into mass production? Is, is it an expensive process as you coming from the African continent? Is it something that we can really see a good profit margin? Mm, we can. Oh. Absolutely, absolutely. And now with production in Ethiopia, we don't even we don't actually to have go. to go to China. We don't have to go in, anywhere. In, in, <laughs> yeah. in Ethiopia. Liz is just, she's saying, no, I, no, no, no. I'm like, no. I'm like, let me answer that for you. We are not going anywhere. We are keeping no. it right here. I think what also just to add on Morwick mm-hmm. is the one thing that I've heard Sharon say and Edgy and also Nicola emphasize, emphasize on is the fact that we don't have those, those hot shoes that we are looking for. Mm-hmm. We don't have them. So it means that maybe a solution could be getting all of this, um, manufacturing, um, footwear, yeah. uh, uh, production facilities, getting some sort of representation from them, taking them to markets like Italy, who Mm -hmm. have been, who are known for fine detail when it comes to footwear, giving them some time out there, getting them to bring the skills back here. Because like I said, we do have skills, but because we've just, we've all mentioned there's something missing in the market. There is something missing. And that is what maybe should be then um, that's what maybe the government of SAFLEC, for example, for South Africa, should invest in. But the DTI, they do fund um, people who open up um, manufacturing. So maybe that is what we need to open up in Johannesburg. No, let the, let, let, the, <laughs> let the people who are already doing that do it. No, I will do it, Liz. But, but we all agree that for manufacture us... manufacture your shoes. Yeah, but I, I think... No, not you, Morik. <laughs> not my shoes. <laughs> Let's take it outside, okay? I think, Edgy, we, we, we are on the same page. It's about being able to tighten that end that we feel there's yes. a gap in and once because already look at how much is getting generated um, as income for the continent when it comes to footwear exports it's shocking it but, is shocking Ethiopia Liz, is like on a whole it, new look at it from this point when you make when you man, when you're when, when you're a fashion designer in Africa you worry about production yeah yes. yeah if you're a shoe designer in Africa you don't have to worry about this 
So shoe design in Africa actually has a huge advantage. Is how do we encourage young designers in Africa to, to get to, into that to, industry? To, they have the ideas already. How do we empower them? Exactly. Just direct them to manufacturing because the popularity is with fashion design and not with the shoe design. Once we encourage them and let them know that there's manufacturing out, out there, you know, they'll, they'll, these ideas will come to play for sure. Edgy, thank you so much for your feedback. Um, before you get off, um, we'd like to just um, go through our last segment, which is who would you want to dress and why? And we're going to start with you, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> who okay. would you want to dress and why, Edgy? I'm going to stay with, with, with the panel and say I would like to dress more week. Oh, thank you. I was yeah. waiting. I've been waiting for yeah. weeks. <laughs> I have been waiting for weeks. <laughs> no, because he has he has like a really innate sense of style. Thank you yeah. so much, um, And I just think one. I want to dress. I would like to dress him for the weekend. You know, for oh, Friday or the weekend, you. just where he takes up his his um. You know, his tie and stuff, and just <laughs> put like him today. in something casual like today, and preppy yeah. because he has he has he has great style. Wow. Um. Morik, who would you want to dress? My choice, House of Don't say edgy. No, it's also on our panel. It's Nicola Coupin. Um, Nicola has been in my bow ties. And I think even with her interest in the pants and more interest in what I am slowly um, discovering about myself, learning from Nicola, um, I think I, I, my, my choice is Nicola. I think, and there is something that I'm going to dress you in. I hope it's those pants. Yeah. No? <laughs> <laughs> Nicola, who would you want to dress and why? Uh, keeping on, on the uh, footwear kind of trend, Svi Karp, a local designer who showed recently at SA Men's Wear Week, was wearing a pair of platforms whilst voguing on the runway after his show he's known for one of the most being one of the most adventurous in his own personal style so i think i could have a little bit of fun with him i'd love to dress him (laughs) wow i would want to dress our um, here comes the killer Oh God. <laughs> the queen. So listen, yeah. our, our pastors at church, both husband and wife. So I go to this church called Rivers and I'd love to pr- dress Pastor Olive, um, Olivier and Vilma because, um, they are so stylish. If anyone's listening, please Google Rivers Church and find this couple. They just, they just have it on fire. So I would love to dress them because they really know where we're going. We could go somewhere together. Um, pastors, I hope you're listening. But Liz goes to a very fancy <laughs> church. <laughs> Gu- very guys, fancy. look, it's been beautiful. Edgy, thank you for joining us on. Um, have you're a great welcome. day in New York as well. Thank you, Edgy. Thank you, Edgy. And keep thank that you, and, be, keep, and keep and keep styling on that footwear, uh, section while we look forward to finding ways to really get ahead in this industry. Um, it's been great. Uh, we are on www www.fashionlabafrica.com and uh, continue and keep the tweets coming. We are on Fashion Lab AF on Twitter. Peace and love and thank you. Goodbye everyone. Bye bye. Fashion Lab on cliffcentral.com